Welcome to the Intuition Conversations. My name is Megan Field. I'm an intersectional social justice activist, an intuitive embodiment facilitator, a Koya teacher, a licensed practical magic coach, and an Irish Celtic Moon Manav practitioner. I'm a Gemini polymath with an insatiable passion for learning, empowerment, and connecting people to others, and most importantly, to themselves. Each week, I will be exploring topics around intuition, how to connect with and trust your internal GPS, that inner compass, which is a sacred container of all your innate wisdom and power. This podcast is an opportunity to pool knowledge from a wide range of amazing people and practitioners and bring together a worldwide community of intuitive souls. I'm so excited to share the wisdom in today's episode with you. So let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to the 54th episode, the final episode of season one of the Intuition Conversations. And do I have a treat for you listeners today. With me is an artist, an oracle card creator, a priestess, a sorceress of cycles, ritual and ceremony, an author of many, many books, including Code Red, Love Your Lady Landscape, which presence in the soon to be published self-sorcery. This woman is a mentor, a total inspiration and influence to me and many other people listening to this podcast. An utter babe with us today is the one and only Lisa Lister. Lisa, welcome to the podcast. It's amazing to have you. My little heart just makes, oh, it's so lovely. Thank you. Thank you for having me. But also thanks for all those kind words. Always lovely to have yourself kind of reflected back to you, isn't it? It's gorgeous. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, especially with your body of work and all that you do in this world, um, it's a delight to be able to chronicle that. And I'm sure I'm only scratching the surface. So um, I, I, as I do with all of my guests, um, I invite you, Lisa, to tell us a little bit about yourself in your own words. Hmm. Well, I kind of really liked that, Megan. <laughs> you know, when you're just like, nope, happy with that. No. Um, I think the only thing I'd add is that I'm very good at accessorizing. Um, do I mean that's that's high on my list. And all of those things, I feel like I'm a women's wellness practitioner. And by that, I mean, that's the only thing I would add to that beautiful list of things that make me feel like, oh, that feels good. That's who I am. Thank you for seeing me. Um, and the women's wellness practitioner part is the the part where ultimately it's just to support women to all the places where they've been told they're crazy all the places where they think they're crazy for thinking and feeling and experiencing the things that they feel is ultimately because no one's done any science or research on the thing so i like to support women to love to feel less crazy and if we can do that through understanding our bodies if we can do that through understanding how our bodies work how they can how they're connected and then how we can like tap into the beautiful power that they hold Mm. and recognize it honor and revere it more importantly well i can totally attest to you being a great accessorizer i do think (laughs) i love um i do think my love of giant rings jewelry and potentially even uh red lipstick and red uh nail polish uh can be directly traced back to you (laughs) so i i'll take it i'll take it thank you (laughs) many other things um 
just a, a little bit of background, you know, I met you probably in like 2013 or 14. We, I can't ever pinpoint the date of when the seed started in my life, but <laughs> it was basically, I had done um, a bit of a Google, a deep Google looking for accessible yoga. And cause I had done some yoga teacher training and was like, do I want to do this? And it felt very masculine. And I was like, I'm a curvy mm-hmm. short woman. And it feels like a lot of classes I go to don't really feel accessible to me. And then I was like, oh, there's this woman named Lisa Lister down in the Portsmouth area teaching something called curvy yoga. Oh, I'm really curious about that. And I contacted you and you're like, oh, I don't have a class right now, but that I have this workshop I'm doing at Aristia in Portsmouth. And I was like, great, sign me and my mom up. This sounds great, a little bit of yoga. Got there and it was a it was on the second floor of Aristia and it was an experience my mom certainly won't ever forget. As <laughs> we, we sat in a circle, you know, and you're like, okay, well, we're just gonna chill. We're gonna do some yoga. We're gonna do some journaling. We're gonna, we're gonna go on a cosmic journey with cacao and everyone's introducing themselves. And they're like, I am so-and-so and I am a priestess and a witch and this, that, and the other. And my other name is this. And like every, and the next person, my name is so-and-so and I'm a witch. And then my mom just looks at me and she's like, what have you brought me to? <laughs> on. And I was like, mom, just, just, you know, just, you know, say you're a witch too. It's fine. You know, I don't know what's going on. And then from there, I just, you know, completely fell in love with you, read your book, um, Code Red, which changed my life. Like I cannot <laughs> underestimate that changed my life, went on a retreat with you to Malta, where I met some amazing people um, and met myself in a way that I hadn't before. And from there, like, I just follow, have followed all of your work and your books and everything you stand for. It resonates so much with me. And I just have to get, I have to get the gushing out of the way because, you know, so much of like my pivot into also a women's wellness practitioner Mm -hmm. um, really came through the portal of meeting you. And I cannot we, I, I just, my gratitude is immense for what you, for the work that you do in the world and how it unlocked so much in me. And I've seen it therefore like ripple out and unlock um, a real understanding and acceptance that like mastery of not ma- like that moving towards mastery of self through the lens of understanding of cycles and, and embodied knowledge has been, you know, utterly game-changing, life-changing for me and so many other people. So let's just get some gratitude out there for you, Lisa, for the work. Oh, that's the very uncomfortable and brilliant all at the same time. <laughs> I just had to do the gushing once. I had to get it out of the way. And now we can, now we can proceed. Um, well, I accept the gushing and I'm grateful that you do the work that we are all like capable of there's no like no one's got the answers that's why we sit in circle it's why we move our bodies together it's why we share so that we can all be supporting each other in navigating this madness that is the world currently absolutely and so let's let's have a chat about intuition. Yes. so what is intuition to you how do you define it describe it Where, how does it fit into your life mm. So I'd say intuition for me is is like my inner sight. So it's the thing that I trust. Like it's a deeper knowing that's accessed when we really trust ourselves. Like for me, that's how it is. And I know it's so different for everyone. And I really think we have to always be super clear on that too. Like how it is for me, it's going to be super different to how it might be for someone listening to this. And they'd be like, well, that's not what I thought intuition was. But for me, 
It's this inner sight that comes from a deeper knowing. And even and when I say sight, for me, it's not always sight. It can be sound. It can be sensation. It can be like felt experience. But it's something that is so it's not like stuff you learn from books or like you, you've you or you've seen on the Internet or a meme or or, or or you've learned from a workshop. That's not it. It's like something that is almost cell bone deep, like this deep felt knowing um that i experienced specifically through coming into my body being present to what is and then asking questions um being clear on the intention and then waiting to receive so ultimately i guess trusting myself which is also like a lovely expression, isn't it? Like, oh, I trust myself. And then like, that's also very close to anxiety. Like, you know what I mean? Like those two things sit very close. This like ultimate trust of self. Like, how do I trust myself? And not know, like, especially when we live in this very fast paced kind of world that doesn't want women specifically, right? To be connected to that wisdom, to that knowing. Um, because if we were, things would be completely different. They would be so different. Yet so many of us mistake like gut sensation, gut feeling, gut knowing for anxiety and vice versa. Like we think, oh yeah, this is really exciting, but it's ultimately anxiety. And then we miss the red flags. We miss the signs. We miss the, you know, whether that's in a relationship or whether that's in communication with another. Mm. There's, yeah, a few things I'd love to unpick there with you. Um, I love that you mentioned it is different for everybody. Um, and, and, and I think, you know, the ways in and the ways through um, might feel different and the ways and the ways to get there and the ways to develop that trust in yourself might, um, might differ from person to person. And, but like what I have noticed is that, you know, in, in 53 previous conversations that (laughs) so many people is that it's, it's going inwards, it's going through the body. It's that listening and creating spaces of presence and listening to oneself and really would love to unpick in just a second, like some of the ways that, you know, like a question I tend to ask everybody is like, have have you always had a good relationship with intuition and, um, and what practices either brought you back to intuition if you didn't, or, you know, bring, bring you, you know, make your intuition stronger. But before we do that, no, yeah, let's do that. Let's ask those questions. Then I'm going to come back to a couple other things you said. Yeah, go for it. So where am I starting? Tell me. So I would say, um, have you always had this trust? God, no. God, no. <laughs> God, I wish, I wish. Then I would have been, I wouldn't have had many shitty relationships in my 20s. Um, <laughs> no. Same, <laughs> same. same. Um, no, I feel like that it, it is a developed, it's a developed skill. Like we all have access to it for sure. But I do feel like it's something we have to practice. And it, it's like, it's, and even when I say practice, I say it's a remembrance, right? So, for me, I know my mama was like the most intuitive like woman. And yet she was so scared of her power, so scared of that skill set that she like kept it a secret, right? So I and, and I have access to my nana's wisdom as well. Like when when she was alive, like she was very intuitive, she was very wise um and witnessing that wiseness so no i didn't always have that i didn't always i I was aware of it through familial lineage um that it was a possibility that 
um you can you can have access to it um i'm also aware of like how women hide it and also how women are scared of it so i also had that as a as a mirror and then i guess i discovered it specifically um through my menstrual cycle through witnessing my connection to and then that's how i've learned to trust myself so based on your question i guess like i came into connectivity with my body through my menstrual cycle and through my menstrual cycle i've been able to come into connectivity with my intuitive power with my with all of my powers like of which we all have many um but specifically that intuitive nature of recognizing like oh, actually, there's these different phases. And in each different phase of my menstrual cycle, which also is reflected in the moon phases, is that there, there's different ways in which I can see, feel, experience myself and the world, which then builds a better trust with myself, which means that I can then trust that intuitive power more, which means that I'm then able to make more informed decisions in the world and everything hopefully <laughs> like i'm not saying i don't i've got it figured out but like i'm sideswiped less by life because of that trust in knowing in my own cyclic wisdom but also in that cyclic intuitive nature that comes with it mm, i mean i couldn't agree more that's a you know definitely through you know through your wisdom and your and sharing your experience and your wise words I've had a very similar experience in terms of um, the lens of coming into my body, understanding my cycles, and then also understanding myself and getting really clear about where I'm at in my cycle. And then also sometimes how my internal cycle is matching with the lunar cycle and the seasonal cycle and also my life cycle as well. Just like that cyclical wisdom that we are all part of that's ancient um, uh, in terms of paying attention to it and using it as a lens through which to understand and see ourselves and situate ourselves in the world has been has been the biggest way that I on a day to day basis come home to myself. And like you said, through that coming home to myself through that remembering, I have learned to be more compassionate with myself to really understand and listen to what's going on and then be able to make, like you said, the informed decisions about how I'm showing up in the world. And, yeah. and the, the biggest is like the grace and the compassion with uh, that comes on the other side of that understanding that feels, um, you know, that feels really counterintuitive to the busy capitalistic world that we live in, um, that wants us to really feels like that wants us to live in our heads, show up in the same way every single day, uh, without going through the lens of our bodies and some, and without slowing down, without taking rest at some time. And, uh, and that been, that has been to me, I remember you saying ages ago that like, as much as you possibly can, you live your life in attuned to your cycles. And what that means on, you know, the, on the first, if possible, on the first couple days of of your cycle is that you slow down or you don't make appointments or you don't go out and speak at a 300 person conference if you can possibly help it because the body is your body and certainly I feel the same way on like days one or two of my cycle my body is craving something really deep inner intuitive like feminine slowing down and when I know when I have to do things that feel more masculine and forward and energy filled during those times, it feels so much harder. And yeah. without that kind of knowledge previously, I would have been really hard on myself for like not having performed or shown up in the, sure. like as myself, like as I might halfway through my cycle, but like now I understand and I can be more kind and compassionate. And I can also 
And I also, I think there's a, like the next stage of that journey for me was also being able to speak about it and say, and describe to people like, this is why I'm tired today. This is why I'm showing up. This is why I'm not taught. I haven't stopped talking for three hours because I'm a double air sign and I'm ovulating. (laughs) (laughs) But these are gold, right? This is gold. And then recognizing that when you are bleeding, like you are ultimately a divination rod for source, right? Like, so it's also like this really glorious period of time like if we keep busy we don't get to hear the messages we don't get to hear the wisdom we don't get to experience the wisdom if we are able to and i get it like the world is not made for us to live cyclically it's not like and there's a reason for that right there's a reason they don't want us connected to this cyclical force because if we're not connected then they can sell us stuff they can make us not be like so when you were saying megan about the compassion and about the grace that you're able to give yourself it's like when we give ourselves compassion and grace we create space and then when we create space we have time to feel and then when we feel we understand who we are we under we know we know ourselves better and we can trust ourselves like i said right but if that space is not created if we're not given that space if there isn't grace and compassion then we beat ourselves up and like that's kind of the position that is, is suited best to the overculture in order to sell us stuff, in order to keep us thinking we're broken, in order to have us um, feel like we need to fix and mend ourselves in some way when actually we're just pretty awesome, as is, if we can be present to what is and then start to love on what is here and now and have this deep appreciation and reverence for the magic that is unfolding in our body each and every menstrual cycle but even if you don't cycle right like the moon cycles you witness this cyclical nature in in the seasons you know it's all it's all witnessable and you can see that there's like you know there is this impetus for energy energetic movement and action and then there's also ultimately this time to let go release and and die to what's been in order to be rebirthed so we have this intrinsically in our bodies but also in in the in this in the um, outside world and in the cosmos too so it's all reflected around us so you can kind of get why they don't want us to be connected because if we were connected and if we did have that intuitive cyclical rhythmic intelligence all different ball game exactly that in fact no ball games (laughs) (laughs) be an ovary game (laughs) so i think going back to the some of the threads that you've mentioned already um in terms of what gets in the way of intuition i'd love to hear like you know you've mentioned um you know mistaking um intuition for anxiety and vice versa like the world and the overculture getting in the way um the you know the (laughs) the the removal of the power of this knowledge that gets in the way from society as a whole so I suppose like taking it back to you as an individual what got in the way of your into of you connecting to your intuition what gets in in terms of your experience with with the women that you talk to and the books that you've written like what gets in people's way and then Mm -hmm. how do we get back to source yeah it's beautiful isn't it and i think it's so many things for me it was that i was like like my my nana you know i'm from i'm from a kind of traveler not kind of i am i'm from a traveler lineage and um so it, it was kind of like my nan had the gift of sight um of which like is intuition like kind of on steroids i guess i don't know um but like she she um i witnessed that in her 
And then I also witnessed my mum turn hers off. Right. So I had I had both. And so and so I was aware of it when I was young. And then I got interested in boys, got interested. And this was the same for like, you know, whether it was when people when people ask about my love of herbs or when people ask about my love of witchcraft or any of that sort of stuff. It's ultimately like when I become a teenager, it was not cool. Like it's cool now for, you know, I've seen TikTok. I understand these things. I understand that there's like, you know, witch talk. I understand all of this. Um, but like I didn't have that. And so it wasn't cool for me. And so I was fully aware that I was wanting to fit in. I come from a family where we lived on the edge of society, literally and figuratively, right? Right. So um, and I always have been that kind of human, but there was this moment in time where I did want to fit in. And so that was, I guess, where I, I turned every, all of that off and and I learned really well, like from my mama, how to turn that off and how to fit in. But I, at the detriment of the disconnect from my body. Right. Like so then I, I mean, and I went and did like amazing jobs. I worked in TV. I did all of that. But I was disconnected from the waist down. I was disconnected from my body. It was a very kind of mentally like I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this to achieve the next thing, to achieve the next thing in order to fit in, in order to succeed, in order to show up. And of course, as women, we can do that. Like that's totally a skill set we have. But should we? No, because inevitably we will burn. We will break. It will like we will mess it, it you know it messes our system up if we're not connected and so like there's many different reasons like mine was to fit in um and to kind of try and be as normal in inverted commas i really wanted to but i've i've always been in a big big girl body i've never been able to be the fashionable one i've never been able to be the 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 one that does the right thing <laughs> so actually like a lot of my end, like late teens early 20s were spent in this like kind of fluxy space of being disconnected from my body from source from self um and so much of the return to my body was through pain but it was the pain of my ovaries that brought me back into my body and then because i'm back in my because i was back in my body i was learning to trust all of those parts and those pieces of of like oh like actually if i'm connected here if i trust this if i know myself and and then you witness the uh, what's anxiety and what's and what's truth you you're able to you're able to see but that comes from that comes from being present and like i say that's not always easy because it's so much easier to abandon ourselves it's so much easier to check out and just kind of follow the you know follow societal um programming you know and it's really easy to fall under that spell and and you know we mustn't punish ourselves for falling under that spell it's a very strong one so i feel like coming out of like for me kind of unpicking that and i feel like i'm still in it I, there's no part of me that's got this figured out but like unraveling the unraveling the spell of, of this that societal spell and reweaving a new one that involves me being in my body me being present to everything that is me feeling these feelings no matter how uncomfortable they can sometimes be and then and then trusting that to be the 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 kind of um leader um like my you know my pelvic bowl my um, medicine bowl like that space that holds my womb is um is that is what guy is is my guidance system it's my navigation system for life through those cyclical kind of phases but also you know at any given moment like i wouldn't say yes without 
taking a breath, coming into my body, trust it coming down. And like, so I don't care if it pisses somebody off because they're waiting for a response or they need an instant response. That's not my story. Like, that's your story. You want the instant response to fit in with this fast paced society. I'm, I'm not here for that. I need to know that this is a hell yes for this body, because if it's not a hell yes, it's a definite no. And then we ain't doing it. So give it a minute. Let it fall. Let it let me feel it. Let me and then I can make an informed decision based on based on this body's intuitive nature and its instinctual nature more so like even underneath all of that intuitiveness there's this instinctual knowing that's primal that we have access to you know and it's like that's what that's what i think kind of um informs that intuitive nature is that kind of really primordial instinctual self that is underneath all of that programming that we're all i feel like all we like digging deep all of us that are showing up all of us that are listening to this there must be something like we're wanting to know something and i feel like that's what we're all showing up for is that something deeper knowing that there's something deeper than what we've been told and sold I mean, I th- feel like, you know, just listening, I often say like, okay, well, practices, but I feel like you've given us a really beautiful practice in there that is simple and rebellious at the same time, that slowing down and taking a breath and creating your own timeline um, and not continually operating by other people. Yes. The, you know, the, I'm going to keep saying that I love that word over cultures timeline. Like that is one of the most, you know, the, the rebellious things that we can do right now. Yeah. Um, it really is it really is it sounds so simple and it sounds as if like but what but yeah but i mean like of course but it's not it's rebellious it's radical it's really revolutionary to be able to say whoa 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 whoa, whoa. i'm just give me a minute yeah but i'm taking this minute i'm creating the timeline here not you mm. And I feel like society has exploited that desire that you talked about as a teenager to fit in, to fit into other people's ways of being, to fit into groups, to fit in, like, like part of that is survival, right? Sure. And, and so, you know, this, this is really common thread and all of these amazing women I've talked to. It's like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember being intuitive or I had these amazingly intuitive people in my life. And then I was a teenager and in my early twenties and I, fuck it all. It all went to the wayside. And, and I think that there is that time of separation from family that happens for a lot of us in our like teens and twenties where we're really trying to figure it out. So we like, we, we cling on and we get like really embedded and influenced by, you know, that desire to be part of something, to be, to, to, to be part of something. And then yeah. sometimes in being part of something that may not be the right thing, we lose ourselves. And then yeah. society begins that narrative of like, oh, guess what? Enter the working world, mate. We're going to exploit the shit out of you <laughs> for 60 years, you know? And I... And then, you know, and so many of the, the folks that I've talked to and, uh, and and including you have begun to, like you said, I love how you, you phrased it, to reweave a new spell. We've been like, that's what it feels like, like capitalism and, you know, white supremacy and all of these, you know, and, and, and sexism and patriarchy. That's what it feels like. Like, it feels like, you know, the powers that be, which have been in power for a really long time, have created this spell that we're all under that world that like without challenging you sleep through and then something wakes you up. 
maybe in your twenties, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe people are falling asleep less and less, which I'd love to see like teenage, yeah. teenagers, like, come on, lead the way, like, don't fall asleep. Um, <laughs> so we don't have to reweave this well, but I see it. And like something like, you know, for me, it was like, you know, a big part of my awakening, this rebirth was like, was meeting you understanding the cycles. And then it just, and I couldn't go back to sleep after that. There was no, and like, and plus, you know, uh, before I, you know, at 15 years of working in violence against women and girls and seeing how exploitative culture can be and how to the point of, to the ultimate point, right? Of women being killed as a result of trying to cling on to the parts of their identity and, and losing themselves to violence and abuse into the control of individuals, which is a reflection of the control of wider society. So, you know, I do, I, I've always loved the way that you weave in the, you know, the understanding of the infrastructure that we live in, the soup that we swim in. I've always loved that you haven't left that out of your women's well-being work. And you haven't- They have to exist. Like we're here, we've taken human form. We've chosen to show up right? Like we've chosen to show up this lifetime. You can negotiate as to whether you did sign that contract or not. That's not my, that's not my deal, right? Like, but but I'm really, I'm really aware that we chose to be here. So we have to understand the landscape. And that's why I'm so fascinated about how our, our, our own personal landscape, like is a mirror of her landscape, like the landscape outside and, and the one that's shaped and, and the one that's sourced, right? And how we can, and how, like you say, we can reweave them. We can we can recognize ourselves in the landscape that's currently uh, unfolding. So if she's pissed, we're pissed generally, right? If the if the environment's pissed, we're pissed, and so we can experience it through our bodies. And so and 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 and, and that's pretty. I think it's pretty incredible that we're able to do that. And not and like you say and then not turn off to that as well like it's also oh shit and i know i felt it like what do i do with it now and that's why so many people are, are like don't want to know about their intuitive nature don't want to be linked in don't want to be aware because they're worried then that what if i feel too much what if like i'm become too sensitive and and there's a, there's definitely like a, a, an, an option for feeling super sensitive and like there's definitely times when I've felt like I'm wearing my nerves on the inside out, right? Which is when that anxiety inducing kind of sensation can show up. And then you're like, what is this? Is this anxiety or is this intuition? And it's a dance. Mm. And then you really have to be sitting in the soup of it to recognize what it is. And like, you can't jump to a decision straight away because you're like, well, I don't know. Mm. And it's not always crystal clear. And it might be to some people and good on them, good on them if it is, but I'm very human. Like I'm thoroughly mystical, but I'm also very, very human. And so that isn't always easy. And I feel like that's the important thing we all should recognize is like, if we are negotiating work and life, being mamas, being in relationship with other humans, it's like, how do we then do that dance? Slowly, like you say, slowly as an act of defiance daily. That's all I've got for you. That literally is all I've got for you. Mic drop, done. <laughs> yeah. no, in, terms of that, in, terms of, in terms of that, I mean, it's like, no. you, know, you know? That's such, it is such, it is such a gift in its simplicity. But like you said, it can feel really hard, you know? Yeah. Um, I, uh, I've, I've had the real privilege of sitting in so many circles with women at all different points in their lives. And, um, 
you know, recently I uh, hosted a big retreat at my house and like really like age groups from, from, you know, twenties to seventies and, um, and, and sitting in that, you know, sitting with like, you know, centuries of experience in one place and recognizing that sometimes it feels really hard to break out of the, it feels really hard to, either to break out of the the structures that we live in or the expectations that we have so thoroughly accepted and put on ourselves, you know, expectations as professionals, as partners, as parents of all these things. And then they like, oftentimes they're all mixed up together. And then, you know, and then the other side of that is like, when we start listening and we start saying like, oh, this is what I need. And this is what I want. Then Mm -hmm. I start to feel guilty. And so have you had that experience of like when you, as you start moving into a place of, of understanding yourself, meeting, understanding what your needs are and meeting them, have you experienced feeling like, oh, you know, I'm not, I'm feeling guilty. I'm, I'm, I'm missing that deadline. I'm not doing this. And then, and then how, if so, what, how, where do you meet yourself? And what do you tell yourself and what do you do on the other side of that? God, it's true though, isn't it? And I don't even know if I've got an answer for that in the, in the kind of linear sense. But what I felt when you said that is this deep kind of, um, like we're not, we don't allow ourselves to be hungry for the right things, right? Like when you're saying about, um, like what we're told almost to want and need and, and and desire that we don't know what it is we do and then when there's an inkling of it like when there's that little spark like there might be just this little moment where you're like oh and and then you might give it a little space you might give it that space of grace to kind of show up bubble up turn up and then like you say then instantly because the conditioning the spell is so good like it's ultimately like you squash it like i don't know what that was nope absolutely let's get back to what we let's get back to business literally figuratively you know whereas actually if we were if we allowed ourselves to feel that hunger and i feel like it goes back to like that primordial growl that i was talking about earlier like it's a growl that's like comes deep from source like that primordial um earth source that, that kind of rises up through and, and, and is up through us, not like something we pull down from the ethers. It's like actually like earth-based, like that can move up through us as a reflection of what's grumbling around in our own bellies. It's like, can we trust that then to tell us? And can we sit with it long enough to go, oh, what are you growling for? What are you hungry for? And then it's an audacious ask. Like, is it then, can we give it to ourselves? Whatever that is. And so that, like you say, and, and, and do we know then how not to like, <clears throat> sorry, what is it that, what is the dance? The dance is between then that audacious feeling. And again, told audacious is a bad feeling when actually audacious is this, this glorious, like courage, I think like it's a, you know, it's a very kind of, whew, yeah, I'm going to follow that. I'm going to trust that, that hunger. I'm going to listen to that growl. I'm going to follow it. I'm going to, and then and then satiating that growl, like fully satiating it. And when I talk about satiation, I'm talking about like that source in your cell and then really giving yourself what it is you need, not what you want, because they're not, they're different. They are different. Generally what we want is what we're told. Um, and what we, and what we need is, is, is that is something that comes from something deeper and then, and then giving it to ourselves. And that is 
that's the hardest bit i feel like this is where most of us are now if we've, if you've been doing the work if you've been showing up if you've read books like witch if you've done like like cyclical wisdom and knowing it's now like how do i be a woman who's full of it like who how can i be like a woman who is full of it and again that term full of it like it's used and and you know i talk about this a lot in self sorcery because this is like massive to me is like i've always been told like to be quiet, be a good girl, be, you know, like, just, just do as you're told, like by my mama, mostly, <laughs> like to fit in so that you don't stand out. And then like, but in, at, at the cost of my own hunger. And so then like to be some, and then was told that someone who is full of it is, and so then you're always giving from a place of lack, like you're always giving from like, what, well, you're having, I'm not full up. So I can't give you anything. And if I'm giving you something, I'm giving you something from something that's like already depleted. For most cases, most women are depleted uh, of energy, of time, of, of, of juice, of, of creativity, of, of yumminess, right? So if we were full up, if we were full up, if we were, we, we could then give from the spillover. We could then be sharing from what's spilling over. And then we would stay full, everyone would benefit, and it would just be glorious, is, is, the, is the concept. And it is a concept because I'm still not sure it's possible, but I really hope it is. Like I've witnessed it, I witness it in myself, but it's fleeting. It's fleeting to feel full of it because we're told that someone who is full of it, in inverted commas, again, like the same way, you know, all of the terms that I like to really kind of dance and play with and roll around in my mouth are kind of either taboo or have been used against us. Right. And it's like, actually, how do I claim it back? Like that audacious, being an audacious human, being, being someone who's full of it, being someone who, um, like knows themselves and trusts themselves. That's audacious in itself to trust yourself. And there's what, what it makes me think of is this, um, is this sort of dance we do sometimes in a Koya class, which mm. is has lots of different names, but it, I often say it, like we often call it sort of like it's the higher self dance, the priestess dance. And so you and the way that you do is you start on one side of the mat and you dance as yourself and then you dance as like the highest priestess, all knowing version of yourself mm. and you dance and give yourself blessings and you go back and forth. And one of the moves between going from yourself into the high priestess and like spoiler alert, ultimately you get to the place where you realize you're the fucking high priestess. But before you get there, there's this one part of the dance where you, you know, you've danced your blessings as a high priestess that you've like integrated them in dancing and embodied way yourself. And then you go back and the priestess does what it takes to make it stick. Mm-hmm. That is Yummy. what I feel like that's the part of the dance that we're talking about. Yeah. What do we do to make it stick so that we are full of it and it's not and it's more of you know uh you know like that daily you know like I think a lot of us like you said we've been doing the work we're coming to the place of like we check in with our intuition daily but it's a rocky boat you know what I mean like it's like and and, and it's surprising how little a wave can rock that boat sometimes uh-huh. and and so like so how do we and I guess this is the the, the biggest question hmm. is how do we given everything around us stabilize our boat fill it up with what we need so that when the waves come when the storm comes around us we stay strong and stable and full that's the big question right and you know so much of that i think is about for me and then i'd love to hear what you think practice like it like growing that muscle 
yeah. um, of stability and strength and trust and intuition. And the other side of that is, well, a couple of things is, um, is community, like mm-hmm. being mirrored and having other people who are willing to fill themselves up and make decisions to satiate their hunger on a regular basis. There is something about that, not that we need the permission, but there's something about that creating a culture that mm-hmm. overwrites and re-reaves a spell in the culture. Like, so doing that as a collective. And then I think the third part of that is what you've started to touch on, which is this connection daily plugging into source, which is land and nature. Yeah. And I feel like those are three. So like three ways, like doing this, doing the stuff that works for you, being in community with other people who are doing it and ultimately recognizing that we're held by something much bigger. And the easiest way for me to understand that that is true is to go outside and put my feet in, in the earth. It's to go and to touch a tree in my garden and say, Hey, how are you? What would you have me do today? And so what would you, what would you say as the way to like, keep that boat full and stable? Well, how do you keep your boat as full and stable as possible, Lisa? Well, it's why I wrote self-sorcery, right? Like it's, it's what this book is. Everything you've just described is self-sorcery because there is no plan. There is no formula. Like what you've just described is a beautiful, beautiful way in which you can explore what that would look like for you and for the listeners, right? So somebody could hear what you just said and be like, yeah, beautiful, like that's exactly, I'm gonna use that. And then something might happen and they're like, oh, actually I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that. And that's what this is about, right? So it's what self-sorcery is about, but it's also what this intuit, like trust in our intuition is about, is like that there isn't a one size fits all, there isn't. This self-sorcery is about you trusting like, what we've just talked about trying out these things showing up for yourself daily because you know in the book like people keep asking me like what's the book about i'm like it's about loads of things like it's about loads of things but ultimately it's a deepening of what it is you already know Mm. it's a remembering of your own magic it's a it's a trust in your instinct and it's a coming to your sensorial nature and so those things for me are the things that keep me sourced like so if i like come to my senses so that i'm trusting my sense senses i'm trusting my feel my feelings over the the thoughts in my head like if i'm like i said about that instinctual nature that growl that like can i hear it can i sit with it can i be present to it can i not abandon it can i not abandon her because ultimately it's generally and this is so frustrating but generally it's like a little version of us that wasn't seen heard witness allowed to express what it was that they wanted to express or it could be that teenage self who got cut off like who cut herself off at the at the mains right like because in order to kind of fit in with the societal story um but ultimately it's about witnessing those points and places markers in time of where we might have abandoned ourselves and want to come back to ourselves so that we can remember our magic and our magic is is so is so different for each and every one of us but it will it can be supported by what Megan and I have both spoken about throughout this whole conversation which is that cyclical understanding that rhythmical intelligence that resides in all things is that actually if we can come back and remember that if we can then witness our own needs in each phase of, of our menstrual cycle, in each phase of the moon, in each phase of our life cycle, 
because everything changes. So there's nothing consistent apart from a reverence for ourselves, like a total reverence for who we are. That's the only consistent thing I have is a reverence for who I am as this beautiful, ever unfolding, totally in process and in progress woman, right? That's all I can do is show up for her. And then if I show up for her, if I allow her to be satiated, if I allow her hunger to be heard, the song that she sings to be sung, then I can be of service to others. Mm. I can be useful. I can show up and like I can give. But if I'm trying to do that from a, like a depleted place, then I'm just regurgitating. I'm just pulling on other things. I'm just pulling out of the, you know, pulling out of the air, pulling out my ass, whatever, you know, whereas I want it to be. If I'm showing up, then I want you to get me. And I don't want that to be any different if you read that in a book or if you see it on a screen or if you or if you hear me in your ears on a podcast with Megan Field, you know? <laughs> oh, Lisa, you know, that's so much of what you say, just like it resonates in the truest way in my body, in my bones, as you say. Like, you know, there's so much that I, I recognize every time I read you know, something you've written or, you know, hear you speak, like there's just so much truth that is like that you share that is my truth. That is so many women's truth in this lifetime. And like, it just feels really good. because it is all of our stories like that's why we love listening to each other speak right like because we can hear our own truths in these stories and like I say it might not be the same practice it might not be the same story but there's a sensation there's a feeling of like oh she gets it oh because she's doing it too oh, I did that oh and that's the, that's where we get the medicine from being in community like you were sharing earlier which is just absolutely necessary Mm. Lisa, I would be completely remiss if I didn't ask you a question about witchiness and okay, like this is coming out on Halloween, so so yeah. I mean, I I think your your book again, which um, was I I think like Code Red, it was really groundbreaking. I think um, there's been a, a, a real pivot over the last decade in terms of, like you said, there was no, you know, there was no witch talk. There was no, like when <laughs> I was like, when I was desperately going to the library, the Milton public library outside of Boston, Massachusetts, every, every Saturday, <laughs> like trying to check out books on witchcraft and like spooky stories. Like there was only a limited collection, which I read about seven times growing up <laughs> now, like, you know, there are so many resources, but I do feel like you were both with Code Red and also with which you were ahead of a curve um, of a landslide, which is which I think you, you know, you I don't know if you rightly uh, take your place of like leadership in, but I think you should. Um, so, um, and I know so many people that have read your books and been like, that was that was it. That was a pivotal moment, game changer, life changer. And that's fucking amazing thing that gift that you've given to this world. So aside from all of that, all of, uh, more praise, more gratitude. Um, Talk, talk to us a little bit uh, here on Halloween um, about your relationship now, a few years after having published which your relationship to the word, to that part of your identity, like what does it mean to you today? Hmm. Well, I think it's interesting that you talk about it because in, in on, an, on an intuition kind of podcast in the sense that that was an intuitive hit and it it was my like in a in a field where there was none it, there was like oh i'm gonna write a book called witch and then i take it to my editor 
And she's like, yeah, we're going to do this. And then we take it to our big bosses. And it was like a, such a trust of our intuition because there was nothing out there regarding it. It was either very kind of, this is how you do it, or it was very wicker, or it was very, whereas this was much more of a, how do we remind, for me personally, it means like to, to be in my power. Like it was another sense of, it was a word that was um, used against us, right? Like, oh, you know, if she's a witch or all the witch hunts or everything. And it was like, I'm big on reclamation. I'm really big on like whether that's our power, whether that's our magic, whether that's words. You know, we live in a society where words are all being t taken out of context, changed, misconstrued. Um, and so it's interesting, like where we can to try and hold the potency of, of words like which. So for me, it was really powerful. And then like we really, Amy, Amy and I really had to try and trust ourselves. Like we're like, right, okay, it is now. Like it, it has to be now, like it, it, it does. And 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 they were in the publisher, like, mm, okay, we'll do a few copies. And um, and it's awesome. Like that's, that's the truth of, of having an audacious trust in yourself. Like if something is big, if something feels huge in you, like trust it. And I feel like that book was one of the first signs of that for me. Like she is like a feral child. Like I don't, you know, I just get pictures of her still. Like she came out in 2017, I think. And, and you know, we're in two, we're, you know, we're, we're one, you know, some, some years. And, um, and, and still like I get pictures of her being read in various different places. And, and I enjoy the, 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 what's evoked in humans because they've read it you know because they've witnessed something in themselves and it's like that's all i ever want to do is 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 um share that with others so that they witness who they are um so i'm never going to tell it it was never like oh a witch is like this or you have to be this to be a witch it's nothing like that it was like this is my experience of what it was to be someone who grew up in a tradition of a lineage um of a traveler lineage so like let's say my nan was what would be perceived as a witch she wouldn't have called herself one but like i perceived her as one um and and then so, so what it's like to grow up in that but then also to witness being a woman in the world and and like how that mirrors these witch trials that, that kind of unfolded and then and then also like to then witness what it is to be a woman for me and then what it's to be a human for anyone that read it you know and like and that, that does, you know you don't have to have a womb to be a witch you do have to like have an understanding of what power feels like though like and that for me is what is what witch is all about Mm, thank you for that I think that you know that's I love the idea of a reclamation of this word and you know there's I'm in Cornwall now and you know there's yeah. witch history here um and you know it always you know I, I I'm you know a couple times a month up in Boss Castle to visit the I'm going to put in quotes the museum of quote witchcraft and <laughs> And magic, uh, which is a really, I'm not endorsing that uh, place at all, but um, it, it does because it's there, there's uh, a lot of culture around like the history of witches and contemporary, um, contemporary witchcraft, I suppose. Right. And, um, but what I will say about the museum, which, you know, like I really thought about your book the last time I visited it again on another retreat with a group of women who we spent the morning uh, 
in at St. Nectan's Glen, like immersed in a waterfall, um, deep in the belly of Mother Earth. um, Mm -hmm. And and then we went to the Witch Museum, which felt like very much designed by the patriarchy and a very slim definition of the the word witch. And so like, I, um, I was like, I was a bit, I was really excited to be like, okay, we're gonna like, this is where we'll have lunch in Boscastle and go to this museum. And basically I just watched, you know, uh, half a dozen women blow through that place and then come out the other side angry pure right and and to say that this that like it was the exact opposite of how you defined it like very thin definitions of what it was what it is and was to be a witch not no mention of the of the systems of power and the history of how it was basically taking power away from wise women and healers um many many centuries ago and how that history of of oppression and patriarchy mm. is still written in our daily lived reality. Um, and that actually part of the, I feel like part of this reclamation of the term witch and part of this resurgence of an identification with it is as more and more um, women refuse to have their power taken away from them. Absolutely. And I, you know, I love you said that, you know, being a witch is just as individual as your relationship to your intuition, right? They're, they're absolutely down to the individual. There's no one way to do it. And there's a, you know, set probably 7 billion ways to do it. And don't let anyone tell you there is like, that's the most annoying thing for me about all of these things is like, Oh, there's only one way to do it. Is there's only this way. And this is the right way. Or there's a hierarchical way. And then you have to go through these stages. You have to experience this. You have to be able to do this. It's like, no, that's not how it rolls. No, I, my I, world anyway. <laughs> and I like mine. Listener, I hope you heard my eye roll through the phone of like, <laughs> through the phone, through the microphone being like, yeah, anyone who tries to tell any witch how to do their shit, like, you know, good yeah. luck to you. Um, Best so, of luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, there's a question I always ask everybody, and I'd really be curious about your answer. And it's, um, you know, who your teachers are, who's your, what is your wisdom and knowledge lineage look like? I know you mentioned your mom and your grandmother, and I was wondering if there's any, if you want to go any deeper into that, or if there's any other um folks that you'd like to name um as you said naming and words have have, have a lot of meaning and power like would you like to bring in any teachers and honor any lineage here Hmm. it will only be them though because i feel like the more and i know this sounds very counterintuitive from somebody that that like writes books and shares but please know that anything i ever share is always a felt experience and it is only to evoke sensation and experience and to evoke your own experience of of what it is i might share so personally it's like I, i i it was witnessing so like say witnessing my nan um in her power like she was brilliant like she'd make all these herbal tinctures and people would come to her and and she'd like make little little sachets of things that they'd have to put under a pillow or they'd have to stick under an armpit for two days or something i don't know um but it was fabulous and it was always amazing to be around and then i think the best teacher was my mum. like the best teacher was my mum. to know to, to witness someone so talented so skillful in intuitive like her intuitive nature and her sky reading like she she read the sky like so sky reading is a bit like astrology but much more about the felt sensation of, a, of where the stars are and what they feel like versus maybe like the astronomical astronomical kind of degree and angles and all of that sort of stuff you know so it's much more of a reading of, of the sky um <laughs> says what it is on the tin um 
but it it but like witnessing like that and then witnessing her shut it down and then to ex and then to witness her experience her life not living through that lens like not experiencing life through that lens because of a fear like because of the fear of not fitting in because of the fear of her lineage of of her um like being outcast she just didn't want that she wanted so much to fit in and 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 for me that was the biggest teacher i was like i can't live my life like that i can't live a life of hiding my gifts and talents i feel like i've done that many lifetimes and so it's like i have to and it's and so i you know i remember in writing in which like we have to create safety for each other to show up whether we agree with each other or not whether we agree with each other's stories or or not is it safe no will it ever be safe i'm not sure i don't know the answer to that but what we can do is from what megan's been sharing like from what i you know it's what it's what we do and i'm blessed that we do is that we gather and we create spaces of safety you know, and it might be perceived to start with until you feel safe in your own body and then when you feel safe in your own body then you can trust yourself and then that you become your best mentor you become the teacher you become the wise one yeah. right so it's i mean and I'm, I'm and i'm all for teachers and I, I do have many but when it comes to intuition when it comes to my intuitive nature it is my own lineage it is me first and foremost now like and i can call on them they're both out there neither of them alone in their, in their bodies and, and and nor some of the other members of my of my female lineage and so actually i can call on that now i'm able to access that and so they're you know probably better teachers out of their body than they're in but i'll just whisper that and say they're quick um but it's the truth um for me and and so it and and that and that kind of being here self-sufficient in self-sourced means that i have to trust this one mm. why i self-source and it's how i can then show up and support others to do the same mm, i love that it's like we said it's me now that's where you're at i love that now we can cut this lisa but i really wanted to ask you a question um about <laughs> only because i've met your amazing partner and husband rich um a few times and um and i think what i wanted to ask you about was um if he's not sort of like a teacher to you because he wasn't named but i guess <laughs> i can't imagine he's not because he's a mystic being viking in and in his own right and it's also been in a relationship with another human is always a teacher right exactly. so <laughs> um and i guess you know kind of looping back to something we were talking about before is that um those that when people start to get a taste of the hunger that's inside them and then they like say, oh, no, I can't do that, you know, because I'll change or they start to change and people around them give them the feedback that like, oh, I, I'm not un I'm uncomfortable with you taking up more space or being in your power or filling yourself up. And and oftentimes that can happen in yeah. um, in you know, in personal relationships, it's happened for me. I could not stay in my marriage because of my, of who I was becoming. It didn't feel safe. It didn't feel right. Didn't feel aligned or brave to, st to stay there. And so, um, 
And so I wonder if there's any wisdom from a couple who has both gone through, um, a, you know, both continues to show up for themselves, to source, to grow, to learn, to stay curious. Like, I guess, is there any lesson in there that you could could impart to us all who are growing out there <laughs> trying to stay in relationships? Um, so what's the magic? What's the magic answer, Lisa? Tell us, please. And I don't expect you to have it, but like, what is there some, is there like a seed or like a little bit of wisdom that like has that you've noticed in what makes it work for both of you to grow and stay curious together in terms of our magic or just in terms of being humans and magic so the mundane and the magic and like how yeah, you grow I mean any together. any any, any <laughs> just, for. just anything you've got um <laughs> beautiful beautiful question and and like rich and i don't talk a ton about it like we we're, we're more about it than we talk about it right like so we've often said that people have asked loads like can you do workshops can can you come and talk to us as a couple about how it is to be a magical you know inverted commas couple and like we're dead normal and we're dead magic right like so that's the deal it's like can you know we found each other for that reason clearly and it's work and you know everyone's like oh you're so lucky Lisa are you kidding I work really hard I work really hard in this relationship as does he I'm hard work and it is hard work to live with a powerful woman it's definitely hard work for a woman who's discovering that power and who is like because as you do it's not like a oh um like, da-da, here I am, all powerful, I've got it figured out, I'm in my power, I'm in my body, I'm in my womb, like, we're, like, so intuitive, it, it, it's not that, this is lifelong, you know, this is what I talk about in self-sorcery, it's not a, it's not a formula, this is, like, lifelong living that we're figuring out, and you want it to be juicy, you want it to be sourced living, so that's all I can say, right, is that we, we connect into nature we connect into ourselves and we are whole humans in relationship with each other like there's no point where he says i'm his other half or i'm his other half like i think a lot of the times he can hold a masculine kind of the riverbanks to allow the feminine in me to flow like to, for me to be able to recognize parts of myself so that he can recognize parts of himself. So like if he can be that masculine bank, then that allows him to stand more in his power. And then if I'm allowed to be more in my feminine flow in relationship, then I get to be more in my power. And like we just vibe better if we're both in, in that. But we are whole humans separately who come together in relationship and and like could we function without each other yeah do we want to know and that's the, that's what i think it comes down to really is like if you're relying on another human to to kind of satiate a part of you that's not gonna that's not gonna cut it long term mm. um like i like him <laughs> like it's so rare like whenever we're like i'm talking with women it's like like, what is the secret? Like, I really like him. Like, we hang out and I'm obsessed with him. Like, I am. Like, as much as I, I love real housewives and I love, like, like I said, oversized accessories. Like, I like him that much. And so it's good. And so I want to hang out with him. I want to spend time with him. I want to go into nature and, and like, go find, like, magic, like, in, in nature. I want to, like, you know, go source 
mad stuff that we've seen on the internet like oh there's this like really tiny mushroom we want to go find like mustn't cut it but i do want to see it in real life like just random stuff like that but <laughs> but like that's kind of it but i would say it's the state like it's the tending to self being so full up that you can then be present for another human mm. you can then be present for each other and that's way easier said than done. It sounds a little bit like I haven't got we haven't got kids, remember, as well. Like I definitely think there is like a dance, a different dance that comes into into those kind of relationships too. And so like we talk about it all the time. Like we love them, but like our life is awesome without them as well. And so and it, it's this like when there's, you know, we, we're concentrating on where there's lack, there's always gonna be like we're always gonna be looking for something to feel the lack. Whereas we're if we're if we're listening to the hunger, like our birth books, our birth, our birth creative projects, our birth you know our birth um, programs and 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 all and of that. art, <laughs> right? And it's like that's that's what and so there's different ways in being. But again, it comes back to there's no one way of being a woman. There's no one way of being a witch. There's no one way of being intuitive. Like, but we do have to get to know the one we are. And that's the and and for me that's through cyclical living that's through our rhythmic intelligence that's through trusting our bodies and knowing our bodies. Oh my God! There's just I feel like everything could be a soundbite. You have just it's just dropping wisdom bombs left, right, and center. And like just like I love that you said like we are not each other's other half. We are full oh. human beings separately. Uh, yeah. I really love that. And, um, and yeah, that, you know, there's no one way to be, but we have to get to know the one we are. Exactly. Wisdom here. Take up, <laughs> um, Lisa, I've taken up so much of your time and I just have, I just have two more questions for you. Um, yeah. The first is, uh, this is kind of the way we are winding down our intuition conversations these days is if you, you've shared so much wisdom with us, but if you were to take a deep breath into your belly and into your intuition right now, is there anything else from your intuition that um, you would love to share with us to feel complete in this podcast? Mm. I guess just less up here, less, less, you know, head stuff, more down there. Like, so come in, come down and trust because you lose your power when you don't know your worth right so trust who you are what you're about and be about that like that's it i feel like that's all we've got to do we're making this live life living way more complicated than it needs to be uh, yeah less up here more down there and trust <laughs> yeah i think it, that's why i asked this question i feel like this the like the simplest condensation of the wisdom comes out through the intuition in these last few moments. So Lisa, um, if people want to get in touch with you, what is the best way to connect with you right now? So I do play on that Instagram, but very rarely. I'm not, I'm not a consistent user, but I am at, at sassy Lisa Lister on there. And um, you can come to my website, which is www.thesassyshe.com. And I think you are also releasing a book. Uh, really soon. Oh, yeah, maybe there may be a book out very soon. It's called Self Sorcery. Yes. And I'm very excited to share it. It feels like if you if which was the call, then self sorcery is the response to that call. Oh, that's gorgeous. And I love that you've chosen for it to come out on the 22nd of uh, November 2022. 
don't mind me, as if I planned it, as if someone was a witch around here and planned things around numerology. Imagine that. <laughs> uh, and Lisa, I just, you know, everything you do is is magic and you share it with grace and in such an accessible way. So every book, every offering, I, I just feel like you're the language that you use and the way that you, um, the way that you connect with people is inclusive and accessible. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, your art is amazing. Check out your Oracle cards and the she art that you create. And you also are on Patreon as well. And you have there yes. too. Um, and so, and where uh, Lisa regularly shares some amazing wisdom. So check out everything she does. Um, Lisa, I am forever indebted to you for, you know, for changing my life and I'm sure changing the lives of, of thousands and thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of other women, um, around this beautiful planet we call our home. Thank you for being you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for being the final episode of, uh, season one of the intuition conversations, deep bows of gratitude to you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me, beautiful one. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope it spoke to your heart and inspired you to connect to your own intuition. Check out the show notes for more information on the things discussed in this episode and details of how to connect with our amazing speaker. I would love to hear your feedback and you can find me over at at Koya with Megan on Instagram and on my website, meganfield.com. I would adore it if you would leave a review and please don't forget to hit follow if you want the intuition conversations to automatically be on your phone every week. I can't wait to speak with you on the next episode.